0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Favourite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week, we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. Sean's Sean's not here. here.
1: (laughs) And I'm Shannon. And
0: i'm alex hey alex is here i am sean is so bummed that he couldn't join again uh, things have been crazy with his work if if you got the good vibes to send out to him send them out it's been it's been stressful for him lately so anyway we're sorry that you can't join us sean if you're listening uh but alex thanks for hopping in at the last minute here thank you for uh for inviting me of course always glad to have you uh, before we get to this week's topic, we do have one email from our mom, Sandy. She wrote an email entitled, Past Episodes. She says, I'm just finishing listening to the last few episodes, and they're great. About the fantasy novels, uh, I visited my neighbor Francis at her assisted living facility recently. She told me a story about an author that came to give a presentation to the residents. All of the residents' kids sat on the floor around my 91-year-old friend, Francis. She said that the author told them about not liking to read much as a kid. He turned uh, even turned in a book report that his teacher made him redo because it sounded like it was just a summary of the back of the book. You may have heard of him. His name is Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> That's wild.
1: Well, it's funny. She told me this story when we were out walking, and my reaction was very like, what? Are you kidding? <laughs> and then I told the story to Sean when we went out to eat at some point, And he was like, wait, really? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so crazy. I just can't even believe that. But mom says, it's amazing to see what he's what he's done after uh, overcoming those odds. He's a fantastic author. He even teaches a class at Brigham Young University for free. He donates his pay to a scholarship fund for young writers. That's very cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, she says, I love your Game Boy episode. You and all your siblings continue to amaze me with your nerdiness <laughs> and knowledge of Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember our visit to Las Vegas for Thanksgiving in 1999. Nolan, you must have been with us because you didn't graduate from high school until 2000. Maybe you hadn't gotten into Pokemon yet. I do remember standing in a long line hoping everyone would get a caught me on their card. I was so happy when I realized some people didn't care about the promotion and gave their card to those of you that didn't get one. Who would have known the 151st Pokemon would be so popular? I'm glad you had your Game Boys for those long trips to Las Vegas, even though you did grow up in the dark ages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says, "Thank goodness there's light with the handheld games today." Thanks again for all the fun memories and the facts all five of you shared. May your nerdiness always be with you, and beware of the Tetris Effect. Love, Mom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mom. thanks, Mom.
0: And that's uh, it as far as updates and emails go, so I think we can jump into this week's topic. Wait, unless you guys had anything you wanted to talk about.
1: No, I think I'm
0: good. Cool. Let's get on with it, then. Uh, Our topic this week is our favorite sci-fi TV series. So we did sci-fi movies a while back, uh, and so we thought why not get the sci-fi TV series uh, on here as well? It's interesting, I was looking at my list and a lot of them are more recent. I don't know, not that sci-fi TV is a new thing because it's not, but I wonder if it's more popular or more prevalent with recent tv because of the better special effects maybe and even in some cases some of these shows have huge budgets too so you know not to say you know i'm not trying to diss on you know original star trek as an honorable mention for me or uh lost in space or or johnny quest any of those like this those are all great but uh i think we got some real good sci-fi stuff uh in recent years uh and that's most of my list but i'm getting ahead of myself shannon You're going to kick it off this week, right?
1: Yes. Well, and I mean, going with that, it is kind of interesting because, yeah, looking at our list, I feel like most of my main favorites are newer things. And I think you hit on that exactly because I think the perfect segue to that and one of my most favorite shows is Doctor Who. Yes. Which has been around for a very long time and my favorite seasons are some of the more recent ones. And I can't say the most recent ones. I haven't watched the last couple of Doctors that they've had. But for anybody who's been living under a rock or is not a nerd, the premise of Doctor Who (laughs) is that the Doctor is this alien who is traveling around Oh, Alex gave me a look. No,
2: I just I just looked it up. This year, they'll be celebrating the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Wow. That's awesome. That's pretty cool.
1: Well, so yeah, so the premise is that he's this alien, and he kind of is traveling around and doing good things, and he frequents Earth, and he will get these companions, is what they call them, that he has somebody who will travel with him. And the alien race that he is, they regenerate. And so I think that was such an interesting premise to do, because this is such a long-running show. That after a season or two, he'll get recast as a new person because that's just what his race does. And so they kind of rebooted the show and we got Christopher Eccleston as kind of our rebooted doctor. And then we got into David Tennant and then Matt Smith and then from there we were kind of caught up with the series that was all they had available on streaming services at the time and i had watched quite a bit of doctor who in high school and so i was getting alex into it and yeah we that was our show that we watched until we caught up and then we were like ready for the next one remind me
2: Jody Whittaker
1: no before her the old guy oh.
2: Uh, Peter Capaldi. Peter
1: Capaldi. I'm sorry, Peter Capaldi, but he was, <laughs> and the, I, I hate to say that, but yeah, he was quote unquote the old guy because we had these younger actors for a while. But the original Doctor Who was a quote unquote old guy. And then after Peter Capaldi, in a big move, they had who'd you say, Jodie Whittaker? Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. Whittaker, our first female doctor, which was a cool thing because they kind of had talked about that that. It just so happens that he was regenerating in this form; he could be whatever. And it was a running joke on the show that he would regenerate immediately, like ah, drat, not ginger yet, because he really wanted <laughs> to, to have, like you know, these unique features and things. So we had Jodie Whittaker, and I think we just barely got another new doctor, didn't we?
2: Well, it's kind of convoluted the right now. I thought he regenerated back into David Tennant. I thought I saw something oh. about that. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not caught up. So if there are any. Adam Big, Kristen, much bigger. let us know, <laughs> yeah, if Adam and Kristen are caught up on the show so so yeah the 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 creator of each like season, and each doctor has the rights to those, so if they want to reuse huh. like one, yeah, I don't know, but uh it's it's very convoluted, but I saw David Tennant is back,
1: I heard he was back. I Maybe thought it was for like a special or something.
2: I don't know,
1: he was my favorite, and that's the thing is it kind of. It kind of jumps around. Something that I love so, so, so much about Doctor Who is the writing and the ability to take something that's kind of simple and explainable and then to kind of give it this sci-fi twist that my very favorite of the scary monsters, and I know we talked about them in our monster episode forever ago, but are the weeping angels. that They're kind of explaining these statues that you see are actually, again, a different alien race that if they... Like If something is looking at them, then they're frozen and they're stone. But if you look away from them, then they can move and they'll get you. Scary. It's really scary. And the first episode with the Weeping Angels is with David Tennant, um, but he's barely in it at all. But then the rest of the Weeping Angel arc happens with Matt Smith, and he has my favorite companions on the show, which was kind of, I assume, one of the first times. I'm not as familiar with the original ones, but where we had two companions. That was uh, Amy and Rory. Uh, played by Arthur Darville and um, Karen uh, Gillan. Yeah. My my brain was like an Amy Pond. I just said that. <laughs> 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 so I don't know. There's a lot and of favorites you. across them all between doctors and monsters and companions. And it's just it's such a good show. And yeah, like I would love to get back into it. It's just that I feel like at this point I've been out of it for so long. I need to like backtrack, which is fine. It's a really good show, but there's so much television out there. It takes a lot to really go back and rewatch something, I
0: think. Well, and to be fair, a lot of Doctor Who to catch up on, right? This is not yes. a show that's like, oh, I missed a, a six episode season or whatever. I got to rewatch. No, it's the, there's a lot that's been happening. Again, 60 years worth, apparently. So. Yeah.
1: Well, and I tried to go back to the original, original, and I've watched some of those episodes, but I couldn't get into them quite as much. And I think it's the same thing that just the effects were different and. It was harder for me to get into from starting with the newer stuff.
0: Yeah. Very good. Do you know where you can watch that? Is it streamable on anything? I mean, I assume like, you know, BBC. Well, but. I didn't
1: look. Yeah. Cause that, it was on Netflix for a long time. And then the only place you could watch it was BBC America.
2: I'm trying to look up real quick, but uh, HBO Max
1: is the answer. Oh,
2: who
0: knew? So yeah,
1: you can, it says you can stream Doctor Who on BBC, HBO Max and Amazon Prime.
0: Very good. All right. Well, I guess I'll jump in with one. It's interesting. We're getting to a point where... When we come up with these new topics, I have to kind of curate what I'm talking about because there's some I've already talked about on other topics, which this is our 90th episode, which is wild to me. I cannot (laughs) believe we've been going this long. But like sci-fi TV series, like top of the list, number one is Futurama. But I've (laughs) talked about Futurama a lot, right? (laughs) There's a fair amount, you know, and also up at the top of that list is Rick and Morty, which, again, I talked about already. So I do want to just say those two are are. Way up there at the top of my list, Futurama is is a perfect show. It's so amazing, and Rick and Morty is fantastic and has some of the most bizarre sci fi stuff in a, in a show that I've ever <laughs> seen. But um, anyway, shout out to those two, top of my list. But I've already talked about them, so I'm going to talk about something else that we haven't really talked about yet. Which is, of course, y- you can't talk about sci fi without getting into Star Wars, real quick. So I want to talk about The Mandalorian. Ooh, Oof. on my list. <laughs> yes, uh, this is this is the one show I thought, okay, everybody can have this on their list. The Mandalorians up there. So yeah, The Mandalorian. In, uh, of course, on Disney Plus, it was developed for Disney Plus. It's it's awesome. You go to Wikipedia and it says the Mandalorian is an American space Western television series, and it, it totally so, is. Yeah, it's absolutely a Western. It's so great, space Western, uh, created by Jon Favreau uh, for the tr- streaming service Disney Plus. Is the first live action series in the Star Wars franchise, uh, beginning or taking place five years after the events of the Return of the Jedi. I really think it's interesting. So uh, George Lucas actually had been developing a live action Star Wars TV. Series back in around like the mid to late 2000s, like 2009-ish. But the project was deemed too expensive to produce. But George Lucas sold Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012, and Disney's got all the money. So they were like, hey, let's let's go for it. Let's drop some big bucks on this series. And the uh, series was announced in 2018. First season came out in 2019. They're now on the season three. Although if you if you really want to get technical about it, so there was Mandalorian <laughs> season one, Mandalorian season 2 and then there was Book of Boba Fett which sounded like it was a different series it really was like Mandalorian season 2.5 <laughs> right I mean
2: there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of Boba Fett as well but then we had two or three episodes that were had nothing to do with Boba Fett they didn't have him in it it just had the Mandalorian yeah and so that was like two point five.
0: And I don't say that as a slam because Book of Boba Fett was great. It's really no, good. Yeah, and it was Boba Fett good. was awesome. But I do feel like going into Mandalorian season three, which has just started airing as of the the day we're recording this, there's like two episodes out now for the new season. I do feel like it helps to go back and watch Book of Boba Fett. There's those couple of episodes with Mando in them that I think help fill in the gaps between well, two and yeah. three.
1: They're definitely necessary because you get yeah. some backstory with stuff with Grogu and you get some backstory with his new ship and things like that. Yeah.
0: And Book of Boba Fett is definitely an interconnected series. it's a spin-off, basically, as well as the upcoming series Ahsoka and Skeleton yes. Crew. Those will all be inter- kinda interconnected, intertwined spin-offs in the same realm. The the thing one of the things I love about Mandalorian, I feel like Star Wars is and i I don't say this to be as a slam up for the for the films because the films are incredible, and they're absolutely some of my favorite films ever. But I feel like Star Wars really found its home in television mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is like all all along Star Wars has been meant to be kind of an episodic thing, right? George Lucas has talked about like that's kind of how he he envisioned it to be as an episodic you know, the new adventures of our heroes and what are they getting into this time and after the the films have come out, like they're amazing, but I think we're able to really get into some of these characters and explore this world and see some of these different fun things that we can that we can do in such a vast universe uh in the tar- Star Wars TV series. And I think Mandalorian does such a great job of that. Of course, Pedro Pascal is amazing. He's blowing oh up all gosh. over the place right now, but he's so good as Mando. Um <laughs> and little baby Yoda, Grogu, he is the best. Love seeing him anytime he's on screen. He's just the best. Oh, he
1: I, steals the show. I saw
2: I saw an interview with uh, Pedro Pascal recently talking about working with a puppet and how like it's not so much a puppet anymore. It's so like the the animatronics and the puppetry and stuff like that is so amazing nowadays. And <laughs> That he was joking, <laughs> that he was like, oh, you're stealing the show. This is like, this is one of the only times I get to show some character growth and this kind of stuff. And you're stealing the camera away from me.
0: <laughs> talking to an inanimate object. Like, this is a object. big moment
1: for me and you're taking the whole scene.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. And you know, the other people in the, in the show as well, the casting is great. Carl Weathers yes. is so good. He's great. Yeah, there's that's it's a it's a great show. Also I didn't realize uh they they did some some really cool uh I guess this is typical of Star Wars, but they did some really cool special effects uh, innovation for the show. They've been using in a lot of scenes a virtual set, which is a 360 degree video wall basically that is around the set oh, yeah. to create a lot of the backdrops and the lighting. So you get actual light on the actors from That's the backgrounds, cool. you get dynamic movement and things. And so yes, there's still definitely plenty of computer effects that are added in, you know, around that and on top of that, but it In filming, you're not just set against a green screen. You actually have dynamic backgrounds in real time as they're filming, which is really cool. And I know that's been used in a lot of places, like some of the the new Star Trek shows use that as well. I didn't realize that was like a new thing for Mandalorian season 1. They basically invented this thing and now it's being used all over the place. So, that's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. You know, Star Wars is still at it innovating innovating all the awesome special effects stuff. Mm-hmm. And
2: I love how much of a nerd Jon Favreau is. He's <laughs> like he's really kind of one of the the nerdy people and he's like he he created I believe he created
0: Mandalorian.
2: He directs some of the episodes, that kind of stuff, and he's really like put his heart into this show. It's really good.
0: I do I love that seeing these the TV series that really are being headed by these guys who love Star Wars. They're huge nerds. They love the stories, they love the world. Dave Filoni John Favreau, like all these these guys yeah. that are building this these shows. Like they're doing such a good job. I feel like like these again, like I said, the movies are amazing. I I love them and we wouldn't have anything without those movies, but I feel like Star Wars TV is taking us to amazing places and telling amazing stories and I love it. I, i'm so here for it <laughs> yeah i'm wearing my star wars t-shirt right now as a big old nerd nice
1: <laughs> well and like the departure from the skywalker saga and getting to know all of these new characters and things yeah do you want to take us into andor
2: <laughs> well i w- i just wanted to throw some some quick a quick shout out to Lu- ludwig goranson
0: oh the c- yeah the composer my goodness i don't know how you pronounce it either yeah ludwig goranson maybe Goranson, yes
2: yeah, wrote an amazing theme for Mandalorian using elements of Star Wars but also like a western element
1: and recorders
2: yeah like yes <laughs> yeah. I
1: watched the thing of him like making the the soundtrack and like I didn't know they made recorders that big. Like that like deep (laughs) flute sound. It's just a gigantic recorder.
0: Yeah, it's a set of, there's a a bass recorder and an alto recorder. And I think there might even be like a standard recorder as well. But again, the little like little plastic flute things that everyone gets in elementary school that annoys the crap out of everybody (laughs) in the world.
2: The one that you take away
1: from your kids because you're sick of them playing. It's
0: basically those, but being played well. And that's like
1: the
2: theme
0: of Mandalorian. (laughs) It's so good.
2: So, uh. To, to kind of detour off of there, I, I was deciding if I should go into the other series where Pedro Pascal is one of the leads and he <laughs> plays the father to a biologically significant child type thing
0: <laughs> of The
2: Last of Us. I never going,
0: made that connection.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. But but I'm going to actually jump real quick. Stay, stay in Star Wars. We're going to go to Andor. Yeah. Another uh, handsome lead male is Diego Luna, uh, who plays Cassian Andor, who we're familiar with from it's 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 hard to say, but probably my favorite Star Wars movie, Rogue One.
0: It's one it's one of my favorites too, yeah. It's, it's so it's good. So
2: good. And uh but it's it's a prequel to that, talking about Cassian Andor, and it's really Star Wars for adults because it talks about like the building of a rebellion and the financial stuff and the 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 spying and stuff like that that goes into it, and the financial part makes it sound really boring. But this is like a very <laughs> intense show.
1: Yeah, and, the hard decisions being made. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and Stellan Skarsgård gives an amazing oh. speech, like yeah. about like loss and all this kind of stuff, and like what he has given for the empire or for the the rebellion and that kind of stuff. And it's just such a good show. I'm really hoping we get. More of it, I don't think that... No, they are planning. They are doing... More season seasons. Two. But I'm really excited for it. Great show.
0: One of the things I love about Andor as well is, is again, it's set in the Star Wars universe, but it's not overtly, like, it's not all X-Wings and TIE Fighters and yeah. lightsabers, right? Like, even, yeah. even Mandalorian, as much as I love Mandalorian, there's definitely some fan service in there, right? Like, you know, there's a squadron of X-Wings that's in a scene and it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the X-Wings, you know? There's stuff like that that pops up. And, again, not a slam. I love it. But Andor, I'm trying to think if there's, like, really anything...
1: They're Tie Fighters. Yeah, I guess there's Tie Fighters, planet.
0: but like it really is just like you know the locations and the places. Like they're talking about the rebellion, but like you know Luke's not in it, Leia's not in it, not yet anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what future seasons will <laughs> yeah. have, but yeah, it's like it's 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 its own complete story in its own unique place, but it's absolutely Star Wars in the same time. So it's 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 cool how they pulled this off. It's really inter- interesting uh, interesting way to tell a story, but yeah, it's 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 not all the same things you know, but it's still definitely star wars that you know so it's uh, uh, i don't know how they do it it's cool yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and it's not it's not faceless stormtroopers either like you really see like the face of the empire yeah and like the the guy that plays cyril um like the, the like security guard the security guard guy oh, yeah, that's like yeah. hunting him yeah. and stuff. Oh, so good he's he's very intense it's a very intense actor, so good.
0: Oh, and Shannon, I think I cut you off earlier, but Andy Serkis. Oh yeah, yeah oh my goodness. good.
2: Yeah, the droid makes you cry. Oh, I
0: love the droid. I for, what was his name? What oh, do they? No, hold on, I gotta look name? it up. I gotta B- remember what they called him.
2: B two emo. What they call him?
0: E-M-O so. No,
2: that's, nope, that's different. <laughs> a different. <minute of> <laughs> well,
1: they've been doing a great job again with the series of bringing in droids for us. That like with- droids
2: with emotional damage. Yes. And- <laughs> that we can relate to. <laughs> B. B is what he keeps calling. They it. just oh, call them just B. B. That's right, yes. Okay. Um but we had B and we have Do from from the Skywalker saga stuff like that, both with emotional damage Dio. that we like uh, cry over.
0: How <laughs> is it that we can be so emotionally connected to these robots that are not like? I mean, R two D two. He says and he says no words. He looks like a trash can, and yet we're so emotionally invested he's, with him.
2: He says well, yeah, words <laughs> in well, his beeps. In his beeps, you can hear his nervousness. Yes,
0: you know what I mean, though. Like I <laughs> know, yes. I don't well, know, but and like, not
1: humanoid either.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know how Star Wars does it. They, they make these droids that are just spot on. They really connect with, with, with us, you know?
1: Yes.
2: Speaking of back to Mandalorian, uh, BD is my favorite droid model, the BD model. From from Mandalorian season no,
1: but from what game three was and it? also
2: from uh, Jedi Fallen Order that we know someone who worked on.
0: Oh, who could that be? I
1: wonder. <laughs> oh, probably
2: <laughs> Mr. Aaron Sutherland.
1: That's something that well, okay. <laughs> not to spend this whole episode talking about Mandalorian, but that was something that I thought was really cool too. Is how much they brought so many things together. That we got Ahsoka and bo from Clone Wars and Rebels and things, and they brought in BD from the video games. And, and then like, Naboo
2: Starfighter. And then
1: Naboo Starfighter from the prequels, yeah. and then we already had it, yeah, as like the post-original series, like, time frame. So, they just had a really amazing job of kind of bringing a little bit of a lot of things just all together. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, and speaking of droids, IG 11, uh, Taika Watiti was so yeah. good. I yeah. love, that was, again, that's a character I was very emotionally connected with. Is yeah. Such a cool character. Yeah. I, I do think, I have to say real quick, the greatest achievement of Mandalorian, as, as amazing as it is, is they legitimized the ice cream maker machine. Yes! Oh, yes. <laughs> what
1: another <laughs> for, good callback.
0: For any, for any of the non-Uber nerds that are listening to this, so there's, there's one shot in The Empire Strikes Back when they're evacuating Cloud City and there's citizens running by and they're carrying various things. And one guy is carrying, it, you know, it's meant to look like some sort of futuristic device. It's clearly one of those homemade ice cream makers, you know, like the where you put the milk and cream and stuff in the canister and then you put like the ice and the rock salt in the sides and it churns it's one of those like 100 percent. it is
2: (laughs) i think he was i think he was named later he didn't have uh like a credit
0: oh he has no lines he He runs by in one shot
2: but 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 (laughs) he he has a name now his name is willro hood and he exists (laughs) and there is a at like comic cons there will be like multiple Willrow hoods, apparently.
0: Oh, yeah. Comic-cons, people show up with, again, dressed up like him and carrying these ice cream makers. So, yeah. It totally turned into just one of these things, right? Like, it's yeah. just like this background, like, oh, that's funny in Star Wars. But in, Mandal- like, first episode of Mandalorian, they, he brings out something that's like a it's like a, a mobile safe, basically, with the Beskar in it and stuff, the, the the stuff in it. It's totally that ice cream maker that, like, yep. he presses a yes. button and it opens up and it's like, oh, that's legit now. <laughs> well, and oh. Alex...
1: You had discovered some TikTok page that this guy was going through, and he was, like, oh, yeah. finding the random stuff that they're using for movie props of, like, oh, yeah, you see? He was like, that's another one that people are kind of familiar with is in episode one, Anakin has stuff, like, hanging on his wall in his bedroom on Tatooine. And one of them is one of those, like, ball and stick games that you oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> and so somebody they were going through all of these different stuff of like, Oh yeah, this thing that they use in Mandalorian, here it is, it's a flashlight. Or this thing that they used in Andor, here it is, it's a lighter. <laughs> like and like showing where you can buy them online, which I think is so cool.
0: Luke's lightsaber is is from a vintage camera flash, like the kind you put a bulb in that oh, yeah. would flash once or whatever. That's that's so is. cool. Anyway, we're getting off on tangents. We, we are that's, again. We might we might need to do our full Star Wars episode one of these <laughs> days. But <Yeah. laughs> we're already almost there. <laughs> All right, well let's you know what let's move it on a little bit from from Star Wars. I would like to talk about one of my favorite sci-fi series that again is from recent years, it premiered in 2016. It's Stranger Things. Nice. So good. You guys, Stranger Things is so good. It's really, really for good. me. Yes. So, Stranger Things is a Netflix original, and Netflix had done, you know, has has been doing stuff for a while now, but I feel like Stranger Things is, like, the show that really put them on the map of, as far as, like, hey, we can make our own shows, and they're as good as anything or better than anything out there, right? Like, streaming services have been doing the streaming thing of other people's movies, other people's shows for forever, and when, when Netflix decided to start making original content, or streamers started doing that, you know, it was like, really? They're gonna do this? And then... Stranger Things came along, and I think everybody was like, oh, okay, the streaming originals are, are nothing to mess with, or can be nothing to mess with. So Stranger Things came out in 2016. The second, third, and fourth seasons followed in October 2017, July 2019, and May uh, May to July 2022, respectively. The fifth and final season should be coming, I believe, next year, 2024, is what I've been reading online. So there there are very few details, if any, about it. But yeah, so Stranger Things, for anybody who is not familiar, is set in the 80s and it takes place in the fictional town of Hawkins, Indiana, uh, which is kind of a small town, you know, rural Indiana. It follows the, the adventures and misadventures of these kids who are nerds, the, the opening scene, they're playing D&D, they're, you know, they're, they're a bunch of nerds, and they, uh, one of one of them is uh, abducted, this isn't spoiling anything, this is first episode stuff, one of them, Will Byers, is abducted by a monster and taken to a place called the Upside Down, which is uh, kind of horror, horror war world, you might say, and basically all these crazy things start happening in Hawkins and to these kids, you know, monsters and kind of like parallel uh, world type of things and and uh, there's Crazy scientists are involved, and at one point the Russians are involved, and like <laughs> it's a it's a whole big thing. But one of the big stars of the show is Eleven, who's played uh, by my brain went blank,
1: Millie Bobby Brown, it is played
0: by Millie Bobby Brown, and uh, she has uh, essentially superpowers that have come from this lab that she was uh, involved with. Um, again, all kids, uh, all of, all of the main cast are the are these these kids that are what they're pretty young in the first season, right? Like middle yeah. school. Yeah,
1: I want to say they were like ten-ish, eleven-ish when the show like actually started, something
0: like that. Because now
1: I want to say they're like nineteen and twenty, like they're all starting to be adults, and that's weird. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, in the later
0: seasons, they're finally they've they've you know each season there's some time that passes between, and so now they're able to kind of explain away. Okay, they're in high school now or whatever. I don't know how, how what what uh, season four could have ended on a on a crazy note, and so I don't know where season five is going to pick up. But yeah. yeah,
2: and Winona Ryder and David Harbour are like the My consistent goodness.
0: adults. So good. They're, they're really, both really, really good. good, yeah. Um, and on top of all of that, there's all the there's all the uh, scary monsters, all the sci-fi stuff. Um, there's also all of the nerd culture, especially for those of us who grew up in like the 80s and 90s. Like, there's lots of references of all the all the stuff they're doing. You know, D and D, the arcades, the Atari, all that stuff.
2: Blockbuster.
0: Yep, the <laughs> blockbuster video. Like, all they all make these great appearances. The on top of that, to go along with it, there's all this amazing music, all these great songs. Yes. You know all these great throwback uh um you know i don't want to say like uh classic i don't know because i I, (laughs) because i remember some of that time i remember those days so i I guess that's me feeling like i'm getting old now but anyway lots of great 80s and 90s music tons tons of that nostalgia coming in but um the acting is great the story is great um stephanie is actually the one who who saw it first and was like hey have you heard about this stranger things show or whatever she'd watched a few episodes which is funny because neither of us are really that into like scary stuff and so for her to just pick it up and watch it on her own was kind of uncharacteristic but she was like hey you gotta watch this it's great and uh yeah so i've i've seen all now and uh, fantastic, fantastic show, and I'm I'm glad that we're getting one more season. I'm also kind of glad that we're only getting one more because you know some shows like they go on a little bit too long. Yeah. I'm like, okay, how long can bad things happen to these kids? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, I'm glad the next season's is last, but I am glad that we get one more to wrap things up and yes. I'm excited to see what happens.
1: Well, and I guess the creators had said it's the Duffer brothers, right? Yes.
0: yes. Yep. They,
1: they had had an end in mind from like the get go pretty much. So on that, that kind of gives me some hope too, that it's not just like, oh, we can keep this thing going. Let's keep it going. It's like, no, this is what we have planned. And so this is where we're going to end it. So, I don't know. I, I do yeah. think the first season has been my favorite so far. I loved the last season just barely, though. Eddie is, has a special place in my yes. heart. He he is a cool character. Yes. But, yeah. No, it's, it's a really cool show. And it was kind of the show that made me brave, I think, because we were watching the first season, <laughs> like, at nighttime. And it would be like, oh, man, we... We need to quit watching this before bed. We need to watch this in the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I will agree. I the first season I think was my favorite as well. There's something about it that captured like you know that like magic that like E. T. Like, you know, the kids mm-hmm. uh uh and like that time that time period and, and all the stuff, like there's something about that first season that captured that really perfectly. And it's not to say the other seasons have been bad because I think they've all been really good. Yeah. Um, like you said, this latest season, super, super good, great acting great story it's it's i was super invested in it but yeah there's something magical about that first season
1: i liked a lot of the mystery in the first season that we really didn't see the monster until like the last episode
0: yeah that's true that's a good point
1: well speaking of monsters with pedal heads should we talk about last of us now
0: (laughs) sure sure let's take it away it's your turn
1: well i think it's both we we just finished it
2: we just just watched the finale tonight
0: (laughs) nice i watched it yesterday
2: nice Uh, yeah, Pedro Pascal, uh, Bella Ram, no, Ramsey, Ramsey. I almost said Rambo, I think. (laughs) No, Bella Ramsey, it's a Uh, different show. (laughs) Oh, so good. And I haven't, I have yet to play the video game, but it's has put the video game on my list of two plays. But I've seen side by sides a lot of like videos on YouTube and TikTok, and apparently, that a lot of it is like shot for shot, like just. Taking the video game and making it into a TV show.
1: Which, like, as gamers, that's what you want. And, like, not to say that you can't take your creative liberties and stuff. There yeah. there have been some really good things created. But, you know, like, we've all kind of talked about how amazing it would be to get a Zelda movie. But... We don't want an, excuse me, princess, Zelda movie. <laughs>
2: no, we don't. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: and we were watching some of the, uh, I think after all of the episodes, actually, but we've only watched some of them. They did kind of a behind-the-scenes making of whatever. The creator, it's the same thing, like we were talking about with Mandalorian. Like, the creator loved the video game.
2: Craig, Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann.
1: There we go. But he was saying, like, he played the game and he... Experienced these things and he wanted to stay true to the story. And he's like, I just, I wanted to really make sure I captured this faithfully and I retold this in a way that did it justice because he was like, it was just such an incredible story. I knew it had to be told to more people and this was a great format to do it.
2: Yeah. So, but it's, yeah, it's based on the 2013 game of the same name, or at least Last of Us Part One. Game create, created by Naughty Dog Entertainment for Sony, uh, Sony Computer Entertainment, uh, and yeah, it's just it's like a really good take on the zombie apocalypse because it's uh, without giving away any spoilers. Well, it's I mean, like you,
1: first episode. If you
2: played the game, uh, you've already seen all the spoilers. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> true, the cordyceps mushroom has evolved because we've heated up our planet, and so the. The mushroom has evolved to survive in a hotter environment so it can survive in humans and it kind of turns people into zombies and all this kind of stuff. And it's these two people working together to try and stay alive and make it across the U.S. in this apocalyptic world. And it's not only these zombies that they're fighting off, it's also like just other people because you see how people react in an apocalyptic situation and what they do to try and like survive and to justify what they're doing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We had lots of different settlements and different ways that they would interact with each other, like within their settlement and also like settlement to settlement, which was, yeah, really interesting because of all the places we got to see. Some of them were very militaristic. Some of them were a little more like a cult and some of them were a little more what you would hope would happen. And like, you know, the, The couple of people who would bunker down. Communist, commune
2: type thing. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it was was really interesting. And I think, unfortunately, you know, you kind of get that perspective of we just barely were in lockdown ourselves. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And to see
1: what we as a society started to do with, like, mistrust or with getting really defensive. And, of course, it wasn't, like, end of the world nonsense the way it was in Last of Us. But, like... I mean, still, sorta.
2: it was. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. It was But it
1: wasn't like the military bombing everybody to try. That's, to
2: true. End that's true. Quickly.
1: Yeah, kind of yeah. way.
2: I did like the last two episodes. They did have the original voice actors for the for Joel, yeah, Joel and, Joel and Ellie. Ellie. Like they were actually in the last two episodes. That was like a really cool touch by the creators. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty
0: cool. One of the things I, I thought was pretty cool about this show that, in all honesty, was kind of scary as well, is is that this was a different approach to kind of the zombie thing, which, which the, the game does as well. But like, you know... Th- i don't know there's there's different lots of different ways that zombie genres try to explain how the zombies happen but i thought this was interesting because again this 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 fungus or this mushroom whatever like this exists in our world in real life like you can look Mm -hmm. up documentaries of you know this fungus whatever that'll take over ants like basically like control their brains and make them into pseudo zombies in real like now in our world in real life and so it it's kind of scary thinking of that thought of like, you know, uh, with, with COVID, right? It was able to, or, or a lot of these other diseases that have been able to move from animals to humans. And that's what causes these these outbreaks and these pandemics. Like that zombie fungus exists in our world. And what would it take for it to leave? That's the sci-fi part of it. But mm-hmm. it's also kind of like, yeah. well, you know. Well,
2: I mean, they say it. They say that the the heating up earth is what caused it and that's yeah. like well, they give a very plausible
0: that. reason yeah. That's yeah. like oh no that i see that now
1: <laughs> yes the how real it could be is so yeah. scary and yeah that's like the very first scene in the whole series is like an interview in the 60s or something with some scientists and they're like oh yeah that could never happen he's like yeah unless this happens and like me and alex both yeah. were like,
2: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> I also really thought it was an interesting take the, the the timeline of the show. So the the outbreak happens in two thousand three, and so the show is set in modern day twenty twenty thirteen.
1: No, it was was it no cause,
0: yeah because it's it's twenty years later.
1: Holy. Yeah,
2: that, yeah. I thought it was only ten years difference. No, Sorry, I yeah. saw my bad.
1: I saw memes of all of the people who had to oh, it said the game with... came out in
2: twenty thirteen. Oh, okay, yes. yes. So, so, so I saw kind
1: of... the memes that everybody had to finish the lord of the rings with two towers and how sad for them
0: (laughs) (laughs) well see here but here's that here's the thing i think was interesting about that so if the if the outbreak of the virus no the um the fungus thing cordyceps was in 2003 and the show takes place in 2023 uh in modern times so 20 years have passed bella ramsey's character ellie she's a teenager and so she's grown up she's lived her whole life in this like pandemic post-apocalyptic world and uh you know so it's interesting to see that perspective too of like someone who grew up in this world and like they know these things existed right like like music that that uh you know somebody play or that that uh um why is my brain breaking like a today? cassette
1: tape that joel finds or yeah
0: th- there's there's like a, a a scene where joel plays some music and he's like oh i remember this like this is this is from my time and like i'm sure there's nobody like recording music in this world like they're just everybody's surviving or like she or like uh, ellie has a poster of a, a video game on her wall at one point but it's like all in theory like nobody plays video games anymore the world ended and now everyone's just trying to survive so i i thought that was such a really cool like yeah. perspective to have on it that i hadn't hadn't seen in any other sort of zombie apocalypse you know uh yeah. a, a thing before so that was good was cool.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna keep it on that train of uh, semi-plausible uh, real-world stuff. One of my favorite sci-fi series recently is called For All Mankind. It's a show that's on Apple TV Plus, and it was created for this for the uh, for that streaming service. It's a sci-fi drama series, and it takes place in an alternate history, which I love. Alternate histories, alternate timelines. It depicts uh, the 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 world as if the space race had never ended, and the Soviets had beaten the Americans to the moon. That's the that's the very first episode. So the very first scene is the moon landing, right? The very first moon landing, and it's a Soviet spaceship, and the Americans are watching devastated, like, oh, no, <laughs> we've been beaten. We've been beaten to the moon. And so what if that space race, that space enthusiasm never ended, and we just kept going? Uh, it's a really cool series, and and it actually has a lot of real people, uh, you know, portrayed by actors, but but uh, uh, real historical characters that are in the show. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins, Deke Slayton from the Mercury 7 a- astronauts, rocket scientist Werner von Braun, uh, astronaut Sally Ride, several U.S. presidents, like they're portrayed by, by actors, obviously, but it's kind of cool seeing this like alternate reality, alternate history of who's doing what. And uh, the other thing that's cool about the series is that every season takes place in a different decade. So the first season is it starts off with the soviet moon landing and there's this continued space race of we got to get to the moon we got to have a presence on the moon we have to do all this and that and these tensions obviously cold war tensions between the soviets and the united states but it takes place in um from 1969 it, it takes place in the early 70s the next season takes place in the 80s and so instead of our saturn 5 rockets we have space shuttles but because that space race never slowed down we have a moon base we have people who are living uh, on the moon astronauts that are there living and working and then the next season takes place in the 90s and uh, it takes place under uh, Bill Clinton's presidency and it is the race to get to Mars and what happens once we get there the fourth season coming up will take place in the 2000s I don't know exactly what's happening and (laughs) and where we'll be in that one Um, but it's a really cool show it's really really great acting great music but I just I don't know. I, there's something about these like alternate histories, like, well, what if this happened? Where would we be then? Um, that are really intriguing to me. And it's 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 a well-made show. It's really fun.
2: Did they make it to Mars in the 90s? The, uh,
0: well, I I should say you should watch to find out. Uh-huh. But yes, they do. Um, nice. And then there's lots of things that happen there it's, that you should watch our... to find out what happens once they get there. Oh, okay, <laughs> so.
2: it's on our list. We just uh, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good series. Uh um I know Apple TV is not necessarily one of the I mean this seems sounds like a slam but like you know everybody's got Netflix, everybody's got Disney Plus and then there's like the others that like some people have these different ones. So, um, yeah. Uh, I know not everybody has Apple TV Plus, but uh, that is a good series that I feel like is great. And, you know, if you're subscribing so you can watch Ted Lasso, go watch For All Mankind while you're at it. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> it! We just recently,
2: I mean, like a couple months ago, subscribed to get Ted Lasso. Let's, and
0: let's be real. That's what people are going super there for. Super excited. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, because we had a free subscription and we were like, okay, we need to start watching Ted Lasso. And then we watched. All of Ted Lasso. And someday <laughs> if we talk about sports shows, we'll talk about that. But yeah. anyway.
0: <laughs> so good. Anyway, that's all I got for that one.
2: My next one is a show on Amazon Prime developed by Eric Kripke called The Boys. And it's a... It's a it's A lot. It's a, it is a lot. Uh, it's, so it's based on a comic book by the same name, uh, also called The Boys by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. Uh, and the comic ran from 2006 to 2012. So it, it's set in a universe where people have superpowers, but it is in a, I feel like, much more reala- realistic universe, at least in capitalist America, of these superheroes are like capitalist celebrities, and, like, they have their own, like, corporation that owns, like, everything. Like, they have Votify. So, the, the company is called Vot. So, they have Votify. That's, like, the main music streaming service. They have Vot Plus, which is the main, like, streaming service to watch shows and stuff like that. They have their own movies and TV shows about these superheroes, even though they exist in the world. Well, but- and they've
1: got, like... Maeve, Mav, Maeve, Maeve. has like her energy bars that you can buy. Oh, yeah. and Everyone, like, like
2: that's what, like it's super capitalistic. They've got <laughs> energy drinks and energy bars and uh, cereals and everything branded after these. Superheroes.
0: What you think about it, like, come on, if Captain America were alive right now, like, you think everybody would be flocking to buy Captain America protein powder? Oh, yeah, know? 100%. I, totally. That's what I'm would. saying. Is like,
1: and that's already that's, how we've how it is with our superhero stuff. Like, you can get, like, Captain America Shield exercise equipment and, like, oh, yeah. Spider Man workout but gear. I feel like but it would these be are even more characters.
2: so. Yeah. But, yeah, it's so, it's, it's this very i feel like if superheroes were real this would be our life so it's a, but it's about these uh vigilantes who don't have superpowers and they are kind of sick of these superheroes being able to just walk around uh laws don't apply to them like episode 1 the one of the main characters he's got this girlfriend and the the flash type character the speedster a train he Runs through her. And, like, it's it's very graphic. It's a very graphic show. Uh, don't <laughs> watch it if you don't have, a, a like, a strong stomach. But, uh, and, and they don't, like, deal with that.
1: Well, like, thinking even with Avengers, which is family-friendly and stuff, in Spider-Man Homecoming, they address the fact that, like, the Avengers come in, they save New York, and now here's this mess, and where do they go? And, yeah. like, even with Age of Ultron, that they... Start this whole civil war thing about the fact of, like, there's damages being made. There's people that are getting hurt. And in the boys' universe, it's like, well, after that happens, the superheroes leave and that's somebody else's problem. And so these civilians are like, no, that's not fair. Like, they should have to have some kind of accountability for their actions.
2: It's... I don't know, it's a really really good show, but it is definitely for mature audiences. Um, there was Mature-er supposed to be <laughs> There was supposed to be a movie to come out in like 28, 2008, sorry. Uh, the show started in tw- 2019, I think. They're in their they just did their third season. But I'm kind of glad that they did a TV show instead of a movie because I don't know, long-form media it just does a lot in in many instances it's better at storytelling. But season three ended with a crazy cliffhanger. The main, the, one of the main superheroes who's basically Superman, his name is Homelander. He's terrifying and he's even more at the end of the last season. Go watch it. It's a good show.
0: (laughs) I want to talk about another show that is also a lot and uh, I think you maybe need a strong stomach to watch, but it's it's super good. Uh, It's actually an anime called Cyberpunk Edgerunners.
1: We're just going to start that and we haven't yet. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I would have talked about this for our anime episode, except it wasn't out when we did our anime episode, because we did our anime episode uh, in uh, 2021, and this came out in September 2022. So, it's a very recent show. In fact, I, I think I even maybe did an update the beginning of one episode and was like, Shannon, I got a recommendation for new anime. And all I said was it was great.
2: Was it in your uh, honorable mentions in adult animated?
0: Was it? I don't remember if it was. I there- not I can't remember if it was anyway. Anyway, but yeah. So Cyberpunk Edge Runners is a Polish-Japanese anime series. So out of the the companies that made it, that's, I've never seen that combination before. Yeah. Um, it's based on the video game Cyberpunk 2077, which I have not played. And this takes place in 2076. It's a prequel that takes place about a year before the events of the game. Again, I haven't played the game. I don't know, you know what what's in there, what what, what the deal is with that. But so uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runner takes place in Night City, which is a self-reliant metropolis located in the free state of California in, in, the distant, or in the not-so-distant future, I guess I should say. The city suffers from extensive corruption, cybernetic addiction, and gang violence. The technology has advanced in a way that most people are able to afford these cybernetic upgrades, whether it's it's physical upgrades or mental upgrades. They, most people have actually little almost like SD card slots in their neck where they can put in different information. The main character attends a school in the first episode where the kids are basically all laying in these beds in like a VR environment where the school is being taught. And the the main character is this kid named David who, this is not spoilers, this is the first episode. David comes from a, a very poor family. It's just him and his mom, Gloria. And... They've just got barely any money. His mom works as a paramedic trying to pay the bills. And all she wants is a better life for David who, you know, she's, she's paying for him to go to this nice school with money that nobody can figure out how she can afford this. She can barely afford even to pay the rent. And David is just a poor kid from this rough part of town. And he's, he doesn't really want to do this he's like there's no way even if i even if i graduate from this school there's no way a kid like me becomes an executive in one of these mega corporations there's no way a kid like me becomes successful like that's just not the life i have and it's it's a lot. It's a it's a heavy show. It's it's really really amazingly well done. I love the the setting of it. Like as uh, in the future where we have so much more technology and what do we do with it? And I, sometimes we look in these these shows, these futures that show you know with this great new technology, we create these idyllic worlds and whatnot and. This show kind of takes that reality of, like, that's not the case. Like, if we have access to these amazing miracle drugs, like, who's to say people don't get hooked on them? Who's to say with these cybernetic enhancements that people don't become junkies or use those use those enhancements to become, you know, more efficient criminals? All, all this sort of thing. It's a really complex world. It feels... Very much in the same vein as Akira, if you've ever seen that mm-hmm. that movie, uh, the anime film, which we'll talk about eventually when we get to our anime features episode. Anyway, very gritty, very mature audience. It's got all the stuff, you know, uh, violence and, and and all of it. But it's really, really well done. It's a really, really great show. And I, I love the world building. And, you know, I, I, you feel for this David kid because he's trying to... But the the deck is stacked against him, and it's it's interesting to see the choices he makes uh, and what he does with 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 what he's got. So anyway, I won't yeah. I won't spoil anything else. But it it is not a long season. It is only ten episodes, and it's only one season. They've already said that at the end of this tenth episode, that's the end of the story. They maybe would be open to exploring another story in this in this world or in this timeline. But David's story and his his crew that he is with in this show is just this ten episode arc. So it's not a huge commitment if you want to jump in.
1: Yeah. Well, and I feel like the uh, graphic cartoons <laughs> is a good place to <laughs> also put a shout out into Love, Death, and Robots. That was one Sean had said was going to be on his list. And I know we've talked about it on the show before. It's a really good, it's a really interesting show that, yeah, I really enjoy that each episode is pretty short and each one is standalone. And there are several of them that I would Love to get more,
2: except the three robots came back.
1: Oh, that's in, like, right, season
2: three or something like that. And it's not like the very so first much? episode I is the robots. Think so,
1: so, but yeah. So each episode in the first season, even we were kind of talking about, like it seemed like each episode had a robot and death and some kind of love, whether it was like familial or couple or whatever. But either way, it was very good. It, there's some episodes that were a little much for me or weren't didn't hold my interest as much but there were some that were amazing Mm
2: -hmm. yeah
1: um but then just to kind of rapid fire through some animated ones for me rapid fire because we've talked about them all already. (laughs) (laughs) but the remake of she-ra steven universe full metal alchemist Star Wars Clone Wars, specifically the uh, Gendy Tartakovsky one, but both oh, of yeah. them were good. Both
2: of them are good.
1: Um, Bad Batch, Star Wars Visions, and Cowboy Bebop, oh, which yeah. is one of the most favorites of all favorites for me. So I feel like it. It keeps coming up because it's just so good. Yeah,
0: it's really good. Nice. <laughs> well, we got more?
2: Uh, I got a couple more quick ones. Yeah. You got more, Aaron?
0: Uh, just honorable mentions at this point.
2: Well, I can I can blast through a couple quick ones.
0: Actually, you know what? Real quick, I will say, not to talk in a lot of detail, but for sci-fi, I- including the superhero genre, like we talked about the boys, yeah. I have to give a shout out to WandaVision. WandaVision so is yeah. so dang good. Don't and
2: get better not get me started on some marvel i'm gonna i'm gonna go wild now <laughs> well,
0: maybe we maybe we even do a separate superhero tv cuz there's enough of that now maybe we do a separate yeah. one but yeah. i just want to say real quick about wandavision not only is it such a great show but i had a very unique experience with it <laughs> i was not caught up on the marvel movies for a long time i had seen some of the early ones and it just not I, I for whatever reason i just hadn't watched a lot of them as they came out in theaters so when wandavision came out i kept hearing from everybody about how cool this show is how great it was and so i went in and watched it not knowing who wanda was not knowing who vision was right mm. like all these characters in the show i hadn't seen the movies those characters were from so i had no idea who they were and alex and 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 shannon we talked about this i think briefly like how it's so interesting because you guys all obviously were plugged in you know midnight viewings of the movies <laughs> all of it you guys were always plugged in oh yeah and so it was like when i brought this up you were like what really like <laughs> it was a very unique perspective going into that movie not knowing the, anything about the main character or sorry uh going into that series not knowing anything about the main characters so but anyway yeah. even if you knew who they were i'm sure it's still an incredible series but i think for me the the unknown made it i don't know for me even a little more exciting so well not <laughs> like there was
1: one time too that you texted us and you were like hey guys i just drove by their house <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. You're on a backlot. <laughs> that's something. right. Yeah,
0: the WB backlot on the ranch is where they filmed their the neighborhood, the outdoor scenes of their neighborhood. And uh yeah, I was driving by and I was like, "Oh, hey, that's uh that's Wanda's house." <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: so so another one for me is The Sandman. Oh yeah. Uh came out last year on Netflix and it was uh developed by Neil Gaiman, David S. Goyer and Alan Heinberg. It's also, like uh, like a couple of mine here. Also based on a comic book by Neil Gaiman, and it actually has been in as they call it development hell since 1991. Uh, I've I heard that it that Neil Gaiman is actually who kept it in development hell because he's the one who wrote the original comic, and he. Like multiple people have approached him with their ideas on how they want to do it, with their actors for who they want to play, Morpheus, um, all this stuff. And he's always said no. And so when this came out, it was like, okay, like, and I I really like, I like Neil Gaiman, anything that he has written. I think I've read most of his stuff. He's a really good author. Uh, But I was like, okay, like, I feel like I can trust this. And it is a great show. Have you seen it, Aaron?
0: I have, yeah. It's really great. I it's really very enjoyed it.
2: Um but it's based on uh, uh Morpheus who is the personification of dreams. Um he's one of uh they call them the Endless, which is like dreams, death,
1: desire desire
2: something. like some of the seven deadly they sins. all start with D, I thought. I think they do. I think you're right. But uh but so he's in the beginning of the the series he's captured and held captive for for many years by like a human and uh when he is released his realm, which is the dreaming, is like in turmoil and like a lot of it has leaked into the human world and he's got to go correct it. And that's kind of the whole story that it's based on. And it's very
0: good. It is really, really good.
2: Uh, another show based on a comic book is a Dark Horse comic written by Gerard Way uh, and illustrated by Gabriel Baugh. And that is The Umbrella Academy.
1: It's so good. Also, mm-hmm. a Netflix
2: show created by Steve Blackman and Jeremy Slater it's about a dysfunctional family who are kind of brought so they they were together as children uh, adopted by this man and their adoptive father died mysteriously and so that brought all of them back together and they all have like superpowers but like not your traditional superpowers it's all like weird ones <laughs> and it's a really really good comic and show both but uh just a, a really fun chaotic show
1: chaotic is a good way to describe it it (laughs) It is. is very very good
2: though it is very good
1: five is my favorite
2: five is really good and then my last one is star trek i had to bring it up star wars has always held a special place in my heart uh star trek a close second and and for the most part i've seen most of the original series i haven't seen much of the new stuff which is unfortunate i haven't seen like picard or lower decks
0: i was gonna ask if you had a favorite season or series because there have been a lot of different star trek there scenes. have
2: and i i've been meaning to just you know have some extra time just to like Oh Start yeah, i been meaning Start. to get some of that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. We need like, I don't know, like a big winter storm that shuts everything down for like three days so I can just like <laughs> yeah. watch Star Trek for three days straight. Um, but for anyone who's not familiar, which everyone is, but it's, uh <laughs> fo- follows the voyages of the USS Enterprise. An exploration vessel to explore right. new worlds, seek out new life and new civilizations, <laughs> and to boldly go where no man has gone before.
1: <laughs> <And> so good. <laughs> That's copyrighted. We can't have that. <laughs>
2: Origi- original, Original Star Trek over next gen, but... Picard over Shatner.
0: <laughs> this is a hot take yeah. here. Wow.
2: <laughs> I guess I did that weird. Picard over Kirk.
0: Oh, man. Yes, I agree. Definitely one of my high honorable mentions as well.
2: Um, but yeah, besides uh, honorable mentions, that's my list.
0: Sweet. Well, in that case, we'll wrap it up. I've got a couple more honorable mentions, but we can we can shoot those out at the end here. Yeah. Um, uh, Alex, thanks for stepping in again at the very last minute to to help us out when Sean wasn't able to join. So always good to have you. Thanks for having me. Um, as usual, we want to hear what you think. Send us an email at show at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at show podcast. I went a while without posting on there. I'm trying to get back to it. So last couple episodes, I've been posting. So fingers crossed. I stick with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know your favorite sci-fi TV series. There's so many. Um, I feel like I say this every week, but like we barely scratched the surface. There's so much good stuff. Not just in the last 10 to 15 years like all the stuff we talked about basically but um, so many good things. So let us know your favorites. Also let us know if you have suggestions for future topics or guests or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear and if you don't feel like giving us a five-star rating it's probably because you're bored of the boring old current times we live in and we don't have all these fabulous <laughs> sci-fi futures that the TV is promising us. So just go watch these shows and get lost in those worlds um, preferably the good ones the the Star Wars and the um, Star Trek not the Last of Us future worlds <laughs> yeah. well I guess that'll do it until next week my name's Aaron
1: Sean's not here and I'm Shannon
0: <laughs> and I'm Alex talk to y'all later
1: bye
2: cue the music
0: honorable mentions for me definitely all the star trek but especially a lot of the latest stuff picard is very good discovery is very good and lower decks is very good uh
2: like you said also stranger things rick and morty for me futurama for me futurama for all futurama for all
0: (laughs) heroes
1: mystery science theater 3000 the twilight zone and lost i love lost i know lost gets a lot of flack on the internet it was great, and it's amazing, and I will stand by it forever. <laughs>
0: also, I have to shout out to Loki. That one was super good. Again, so we good. might have to just do a superhero TV I series. I kind of figured we would.
2: I got, yeah. a sh- I got a shout out to every Marvel TV show ever. Yes, they
0: are all very good. Yes. I
2: am Marvel zombie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I also have to second Cowboy Bebop, Mobile Suit Gundam, Sword Art Online, Aww. Dragon Ball Z. Those are all excellent animes. Um, and also, I have to throw in there Harley Quinn. It's so good, you guys. Yeah, we're
2: we're watching it. We're in like season two or three.
0: I can't remember if I talked about that one in our adult <laughs> animation series, but you you had mentioned it.
2: You had boy, it's good. And we started it like soon after that episode.
0: <laughs> it's really good. It's geared toward a mature audience, but it's really good.